Hello, my name is Daniel and I host the Desert Island Dicks podcast and that's what this is. This is an old episode, what we call an old dick and we just thought we'd put it out again. It features the wonderful comedian and podcaster Joanne McNally. In the Top of the Cox episode we put out recently for International Women's Day, there was a little extract from the original podcast in there and a few of you got in touch and was saying how how much you enjoyed it and we just thought well yeah let's just throw out the original one again so that newcomers to the podcast can have a listen as well because uh, I really enjoyed it. I remember a particular highlight being when she was talking about growing up in Ireland and how at the end of the night in the local nightclub they would play the national anthem and then just set the fire alarm off until everyone left. But there's loads of great bits, so do enjoy this episode. And, you know, just a reminder that we've got like 200 episodes in our meaty back catalogue. So, yeah, there's loads of great episodes for you to pick from. So just reach into that big old bag of dicks and pull one out and enjoy yourself. So let's get on with it. Here's Joanne McNally's Old Dicks. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian Joanne McNally. How are you doing? I'm good, Dan. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. How have you found... uh, Well, actually, I know that you found it a bit tricky because I saw on Instagram you've been posting uh, that you found it quite tricky coming up with guests for your island i did i found it really hard (laughs) like it's not that i'm a really positive person but you're like what can i get away the most of the people i don't like are close friends and family so you're like (laughs) who who famous can i say but i think i found two 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 and a half three anyway that i wouldn't like to be stuck with for any period of time because i think they're probably all a bit deranged (laughs) All right. Well, let's uh, dive straight in then and uh, we can put you out of your misery. Who's going to be the first dick on the island? So the first dick on the island is Kim Woodburn. Do you know Kim Woodburn? Yes, she's one of the the cleaning ladies, isn't she? Yes. I think she has a proper name. It isn't just one of the cleaning ladies but um she was there were two was i get confused two fat ladies were the cooks she was the cleaning hmm. lady with another woman who i think the other woman basically just was like i can't work with her anymore she's i mean look she's great ellie she was on hmm. celebrity big brother um and she was incredible in it only because she is away with the fairies really <laughs> aggro always giving out starting on people completely paranoid started like she's kind of goes from zero to a hundred in 30 seconds massive temper on her like i don't know what's got she's appears to be a bit of an asshole (laughs) so she started this massive row with colleen nolan one of the nolan Mm. sisters i mean who who fights with the nolan sisters it's like fighting (laughs) with like fucking paddington bear anyway (laughs) she started this huge fight with colleen nolan I keep trying to say Colleen Rooney, Colleen Nolan. And then she um, went on Loose Women to try and sort it out and stormed off and everything. Like, And then Co- Colleen Ro- Nolan was on Loose with or was on with Holly and Phil crying, saying like she almost quit her job. I do think maybe there's something a bit off with uh, Kim. 
Like I don't okay. think anyone, I don't think anyone normal acts like that. But she's whatever her reasons. I definitely don't want to spend any time with her. Plus that bun in her hair and all her head makes her look just pissed off the whole time. Yeah, she sort of reminds me of like, she's sort of the personification of, you know, um, in Matilda, Miss Trunchbull. Mm. She kind of looks like her or at least her sister. She's you very know, she's... like Miss Trunchbull. Less, less athletic, but she's yeah. very like Miss Trunchbull. She has that very severe hairstyle and uh, everyone's a little pig bitch. And... <laughs> She's just angry all the time, which, to be honest, you don't really meet that many angry women. Like, nothing mm. against men. I, I love men. But, like, it's unusual to meet a woman like that. Or it, yeah. it just is. It's just unusual mm. to meet a woman like that. She's kind of very paranoid, very um, temperamental, very sensitive. Like, to the point where she's literally seeing things that aren't there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. Which must be awkward if your job is kind of cleaning for a living because you think you've done it and then you're seeing more dirt and uh, no wonder she's so obsessively clean. Yeah. It's that sort of fine line between, like, maybe you're just a genius and you know exactly what makes a television show, you know, you add that drama to reality TV or you're being exploited and really you need help and actually the industry should go and, like, well, has a duty of care. It's always a thin line. Like, when you look back at people in uh, reality shows before... And now people are so sensitive to the whole thing of like not mm. laughing at other people's madness. Whereas before it used to be great crack to put mad people in <laughs> telly. But now it's like not very cool to do, which is a shame. And I think telly is lacking as a result of it, you know. Um, <laughs> like I was watching an episode of Come Dine with me last night and there was a man and I can't even remember his name, but like it was an old episode. He was clearly mad, you know, like just one tooth in his head kind of, like like just really aggressive really aggro found fault in everything potentially on a spectrum of sorts I don't know like I'm not a mm. doctor I don't know <laughs> but sure he was great telly we were loving <laughs> it but I was saying to my housemate I don't know if you'd get away with putting him into an episode of Come Dine with me now and it's a I shame if... saying people are very boring yeah it's true I wonder if in the future we'll sort of look back at this kind of era of you know like the the real nexus of horrible reality tv and kind of watch it as like a guilty pleasure in the future you know the same way that you sometimes you see like clip shows and they go look at this mad show from japan where they do yeah. all this and we can like look back and be like oh my god we were savages yeah 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 look at kim woodburn have a breakdown on loose women ha 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 ha, ha. <laughs> that was the t- that was 2019 or whatever 2018 2019 um yeah i think we are moving towards a very but the other thing is like you don't know what's going on with people. Like, say mm. Susan Boyle, for example. There's no way. I don't think she'd ever get on a reality show now. No, what do you think? No. Yeah, I think it feels a bit shaky ground. There were sort of warning signs there, weren't there? Yeah. Yeah. I think with Kim Woodburn as well. I mean, just let's put her on the island with you now. So she's confrontational. It's like two things. So she's confrontational about everything. And she's also obsessed with cleanliness, which on a desert island is going to be near to impossible. Well, she didn't She didn't lift a finger in the Big Brother house now, I can tell you. Okay. She didn't do a thing. And she was like, they're dirty, dirty pigs. That's what she kept shouting about the other housemates. But she's very bossy. And if there's one thing I can't stand, it's being bossed around I can't mm. I hate being told what to do I, it infuriates me I see red so I reckon <laughs> we'd have punched each other out within an hour but she's quite formidable isn't she I mean in a in a sort of in a scrap I mean I don't know how tidy you are in a fight but I mean she's you know she's got a 
She's quite an imposing figure. She is. I get as I, I'm getting um, more temperamental the elder I get. When I was young, I would have been terrified to be in a fight. Now I'd be like, I don't know. I'd probably, I'd probably give it a go. <laughs> I don't like pain in any capacity. I have a very low pain threshold, um, and I'd hate to get smacked in the face. But I'd say if me and Kim were left alone in an island, we'd someone to it. I'd say she'd be quite physical, actually. Mm, yeah, she's a yeah. big woman, and she's quite threatening, and she's. She cries a lot and actually yeah. maybe she'd be great crack. Maybe I've underestimated her. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it just feels like she's this huge ball of chaos waiting to explode. And I think, you know, as interesting as that that is to watch from a safe distance, you're yeah. not going to have that luxury. I mean, maybe if you can like quickly go up a, a palm tree and, and sort of look down on the explosions below, you'd have an, an OK time. But at some point it might just be you and her left. Her and the then, hair flowing because she's got no hairspray left. and Yeah. Might be the making of the two of us. I can still imagine her still sort of wearing one of those quite severe blazers, though, even on the island, you know. The big earrings and all. You're like, Kim, yeah. there's no one to impress here, love. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So Kim Woodburn joins you on the island. And who's going to be joining the two of you? So the person I would... Um, the next person is Dr. Not Dr. Gillian McKeith. Oh, yes, yeah. I kind of think of the same era, television era, really. Yeah, another mad woman on telly who Mm. has no actual qualifications. I think she got the doctor qualification from an online um, course from a college. I don't know. I think she's got a doctorate in, like, Mm. Greek mythology or something. But she just threw it onto her name there and uh, was giving out, like, nutritional and, and medical advice. Like, so it's one thing, whatever, look, we've all kind of plumped up our credentials for things, you know, like when you were younger, I've often said I was fluent in all sorts of languages and I could play <laughs> piano and violin and sure, no one hired me anyway, it was irrelevant, but um, saying, like, was one thing saying you're a doctor when you're not, like I could call myself a doctor now, right? Yeah. But I'm all, all I'm doing is sitting in my room, there's no danger to me calling myself a doctor. If I go online and start giving people medical advice, that's dangerous. So... Mm. It's not that I just don't like her because she's a bit of a spoofer. I think she's actually, she was actually putting people at risk, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it was the whole thing of people watched it because there was that whole sort of thing of like examining your poo, wasn't there? She'd always make people take a dump and then she'd have a look at it and tell them why they're going to die soon. And it was so unnecessary. And I don't know if that's her or Channel 4. Who the hell knows who came up with that? But like, come on. It's completely Mm. unnecessary. Unnecessary. It was a prop. Mm. Poo prop. Just to get extra... I didn't even want it. I was like, that's disgusting. Why is he taking a shit into a lunchbox? Like, what's this got to do with anything? Um, (laughs) But yeah, and I remember at the time, I actually quite liked the show because everyone likes that reveal, you know, the before and the after. Mm. And they come in and they're all like, their skin looks bad and they're kind of grey in the face and they just look really unhealthy. And suddenly they, like, you know, and she'd bring in these wheelbarrows full of sugar and like, that's the sugar you've had in your tea this week. And everyone's like, oh! And then she walks them over to this gorgeous table of fresh vegetables and shiny looking aubergines and, um... And then you'd see them struggle because it turns out they hate porridge and blah, blah, blah. And she'd have to come in and interview. Anyway, and then they'd end up looking great at the end. Yeah. And it was it was a cool show to watch. But then when I realised what a spoofer she was, I was like, oh, God. And the way she, I don't know, there's something about her, her like, her demeanour and all. It's just a bit, it's not for me. Yeah. She's just yeah, a bit she irritating. Was, 
Yeah, she was very, I think, you know, it's, so, it's all well and good to, I mean, I suppose the aim is good, you know, let's help people not die of heart disease too early. Of course. But, Her intentions but she, were pure. Yeah, but she was so angry at them all the time. It's like, look, they might not know about nutrition, so let's help them along in a nice way. Don't just, like, scold them all the time. Yeah. And I think um, you mentioned the thing about wheelbarrow, wheelbarrows full of sugar. I remember there was this one with a vicar who wasn't that fat. He was a bit portly, mm. uh, which kind of suits a vicar, I think, really. And... um I think he said something like he eats five pork pies a week. And she was like, right, well, that's clogging your arteries. Watch this. And they had an ambulance drive into his street and they pulled out the stretcher and they'd made a person out of mashed up pork pies. And I'm like, I think, I mean, this is hilarious, but I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what's the point? It's like, oh, and now the pork pie man is dead because he's full of pork pies. You're like, yeah, I mean, he's not going to turn into a pork Jesus. pie. It's just... That's like, you might as well put on, like, a fake burial and lay him out in a coffin and have his friends and family come and visit him on the day. But I think they did something like that. I'm sure there was something like they got the the family's kid in one episode and they made them do, like, a pretend birthday party for him, but they weren't there and they just had to watch a video of him on his own and having a birthday party with his parents dead from sugar or something. Jesus! That's pretty mad. Yeah. Pretty mad shit. There was another show that I found on YouTube that I really liked. It was, like... Not 10 years younger, it was um, how old is my body? Basically, they were trying to find out like your biological age mm. versus your actual age. And it was fascinating. So they take these really unhealthy people. It, like, And I think, I honestly think your skin is a great indicator of what's going on inside you. Mm. So you know the way sometimes people, they kind of have a very grey, you can just see yeah. they're kind of, they're grey and they're, they're kind of grey in the eyes and they're, and they're grey in the face. Anyway, and this was nothing to do with weight, actually, because some of these people were quite thin and then mm. other people were bigger. And But they lived a very unhealthy lifestyle, so like chain smoking and doing loads of drugs and like, you know, pints, 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 pints. Mm. And they went through, they brought them in and gave them like uh, an autopsy, basically. Right. Of what was going on in their bodies. And it was fascinating because you don't know, like, I love a drink, right? I love a drink. Mm. I'm not afraid to take a tablet like if I have any sort of twinge I'll take it I'm not one of these people who's like you know people talking about mm. like a natural birth I'm like are you on crack I wouldn't do anything natural if it was if the alternative was an option but I never think about my liver or I never think about my kidneys because I can't see them mm. I gave up smoking because I can see my face and I'm vain and I, it gave me it was giving me lines and all and I didn't want to age like at, a, at the speed of light but I can't see what's going on inside me Basically what I'm saying is I'd love an autopsy. Like I'd love a, an, an autopsy now. I'd love an NCT of like everything yeah. that's going on. I know it's not an autopsy because I'm alive. I'd love to know what's going on inside me. It'd be great. I mean, I got a real fright recently when I saw a picture of me on my birthday about six weeks after my son was born. And I just looked about 15 years younger than I do three years later now. And so now I think if that's what that's how much older I look after three years of being a dad. Yeah. I don't really want to see what, how, what the decay inside. And it makes sense as well. Like your parents are always eating like a really hard brown bread. And you're like, why don't you want some of the fun food I'm having? And they're like, no, 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 I can't have that. And now I understand why, because I'm clinging on to every little fucking thing I've got. But I would think, because I know I know people who have had kids, and I do think kids, they, they do age you because you're not sleeping like you can't. Like, I can sleep. I've no kids. I'm free to nap 
mm. anytime I want, which is which is great. But it also means I've no okay, I've no one to wheel me around when I'm old. You'll have people to wheel you around when you're old. But I think physically your face might show kids because you're tired and stuff, but your insides are probably grand. Probably all right. I mean it's not as bad as being like a president or a prime minister where you see them in five years and they literally look like awful, I know. But, um, Donald but still... Trump's probably in his forties. Like <laughs> it probably like I know stress really ages you. It really, really mm. does. Well, but then saying that, I mean, Gillian McKeith, getting back to her, she didn't even look that great, did she? Because there was a famous meme used to go around where it was like, she's the same age as Nigella Lawson, who's kind of curvy and voluptuous and looks great and eats loads of cream and butter and crap all the time. And Gillian McKeith is telling us what to eat. And she looks like a skeleton, you know, and, and, you know, not like a fun one. No, not like a fun skeleton. (laughs) Not like a fun skeleton. No, I know. She was very, she didn't look... She wasn't really selling the brand to me, to be honest. She mm. was thin, and I think there was a stage not that long ago where thin, it just, oh, everyone just wanted to be thin, 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 like that was all that mattered, thin. It wasn't about health, it wasn't about, now it's all about abs and definition and toning. But at the time, she was offering a thin lifestyle to people who weren't thin. And this is like the mm. early noughties when thin was very much in. Heroin chic. That yeah. was all we had done. Heroin chic. <laughs> Which is awful. No one ever looks at a heroin addict and admires their body. But I grew up with heroin chic. Like, that's what we had to look like. We had to look like Kate Moss to be considered attractive. It was desperate. I was pulling out of a Sainsbury's car park this morning and I saw someone who, maybe not heroin chic, maybe more crack glamour, I would say, and saw this woman sort of go and take a piss in a bush next to me. And I thought, I don't think that's not a great role model. You know, I mean, you know, each to their own. But it's not what I'd want walking down the catwalk for my spring summer collection. No, of course know. not. Taking a piss at the end of the desperate. But like, yeah. I do think now there's a much healthier vibe now, and young girls, yeah. like when I see teenagers now or girls in their twenties, and they're curvy and they're and they're showing it off. Like when I was young, if we put on weight, we were so mortified about our bodies. We were wearing like umbro jumpers, like black sacks down to the ground, anything to just hide all our bumps and lumps and now Mm. they're like out to be seen it's great yeah the flip side is that like you know there's a load of people obsessed with the gyms and stuff but at least i suppose at least it's more like it's more healthy than starving yourself isn't it it's like at least you're doing exercise i feel it has to be a healthier option i think the beauty industry is and i think human nature is that there'll always be a level of aspiration to your body like there will always be told that there's a next level that we can get to or should get to and i do know there's probably problems like men are under a lot of pressure now that they were never under before it was always just women that kind of felt that pressure Mm. and now all that like all those um what are they called the geordie short like that kind of body i mean the lads are obviously off their tits on roids like let's face (laughs) it no one gets a body like that if you're not off your tits on roids but i do feel that with girls now they're like i'm i'm actually kind of jealous like i wish i'd grown up in that environment and I think a lot of it's to do with fashion and trends and people kind of rebelled against there was girls fucking dying of anorexia on the catwalks something Mm. had to be done but um, the body positivity movement I think has been massively massively helpful and I'd love if I'd grown up when that was a thing and I think I think those girls are wonderful and I think Instagram has a lot to do with that because now you can find anyone can be a model really like you can find someone who looks like you no matter what your size who's probably Mm. modeling something for someone whereas when i was young like i say they were just sticks everyone was just a stick and if you weren't a stick 
you weren't attractive. That was the end of it. And boys yeah. were kind of brainwashed into it as well. Fair enough, yeah. And yeah, but you're right, it is, I think it is a more balanced, rounded view these days. And yeah, people like Gillian McKeith, I'm not going to say the doctor part because we know it's but made up. True, yeah. But yeah, she wasn't helpful at all. And as I say, so it wasn't, it was neither sort of that healthy or that nice looking. And uh, yeah, and also just pretending you're a doctor is like, how do you expect no one to fact check that after a while? I mean, it's mad. But she got away with it for years. And, the, and yeah, I, also, like I say, like she was genuinely talking like banging out scientific facts and that just weren't true like they just weren't Mm. true anyway and also i mean let's put her in the position you've got you've got kim woodburn just going mad all the time and also complaining that everything's not clean you've got um jillian mckeith telling you why you should eat certain things but based on nothing so you probably it's not going to help you um and also you've got no choice so you've just got you just got two really negative nagging people on the island with you and you just sort of think well i want to have a nice time as much as possible but you're awful people they probably just start eating each other like i'd say if you put those two in a room they they go for it Mm. well i think also gillian mckeith's gonna go kim woodburn you're overweight you must do something about it and she's gonna snap isn't she and so you telling me my body's not perfect probably yeah probably i didn't even think of that horrendous horrendous stuff power walking around the island and all (laughs) okay and who's gonna join them who's gonna be your final choice so the third my third choice is conor mcgregor Uh uh-huh yeah good a man i used to admire and thought he was wonderful and uh now i just think he's a dick yeah he's so aggro he's so i've never seen arrogance like it it's i saw him once in dublin he he pulled up to something i was going into in like with these huge four by four cars like this kind of squad of Mm. people and it's like what this isn't la what are you doing it was just it's so much it's so over the top how he's still engaged to that girl i've no how she hasn't left him i've no idea but anyway they must have some sort of arrangement yeah i mean i get that if you're gonna fight people for a living you've got to have You've either got to be completely kind of easygoing and sort of laissez-faire with the world and just sort of go, ah, you know, win some, lose some. Or you've got to be so hyper-confident, you know, that there's not like a shred of doubt in your mind that you're the best. But I think you could probably have that without just being a massive dick. Muhammad Ali, he wasn't, he wasn't anything, like he wasn't, do you know what? I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I just know that Connor is an asshole, let's face it. And he's, yeah. he's kind of lost. I think he I think when he started, he's done wonders for that sport and he was really inspiring and loads of young Irish lads were getting into it. And it was actually quite cool because there was this kind of jumping young lads who looked up to him who weren't drinking. They were going training instead. And it seemed like he was, he, he was. I mean, he, he, you know, you can't take away from what he did and how he started mm. out. But all the accusations surrounding him now and his, his attitude now and like punching that old man in the face in the pub and I don't know what's going on there. It appears, and I get it, like you, for that, to be in that business and to be as successful as he is and has driven Mm. as he is, you'd have to have undergone some sort of like retrained your personality to think that you are like beyond human if you know that way like your strength mm. and your dedication and your focus and that there is no one like you and I understand building that up in your head but I'm still allowed to think that what he does outside of the ring she's not even in the ring anymore is uh 
pretty pretty shocking but i think as well lots of people you hear about like oh you know i used to be a bad kid and i was getting into trouble on the streets and then i found boxing or mma or whatever and it really channeled my anger and it made me a calmer person because i had an outlet for it which is positive and turned it into a sport was he sort of done the opposite it's like you're still really angry it's surely like you're the you're the one person who got angrier from doing it i mean it's but the, answer, the, the, the Connor thing just seems to be a bit relentless at this stage. It's like, mm. I don't know. It's 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 not good. I don't know what he's going to end up doing. I hope he figures out how to make peace with himself in some way because he's, I think he's kind of lost it, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. I remember seeing him going to some awards do or something. He's wearing a, a pinstripe suit and they had a close-up and all the pinstripes just said, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. They had it woven into the fabric. And you're like... I mean, that can't be that cheap as well. And when you get to the point where you're just so out to offend as much as possible, you're having it like swear words woven into your clothes. I guess for the, for to keep himself like mentally strong, he probably has to think the world is out to get him. Maybe. But it's not like there haven't been nice boxes. I mean, Anthony Joshua just comes across really well. Doesn't he, like, still live with his mum and gives all his money to his... I don't know him. Who's he? He's, like, one of the... He's, like, a good British boxer. And um, he's, like, a heavyweight. And apparently, like, yeah, he still lives quite a modest lifestyle. Gives loads of his money to his family so that they can have nice lives. And just, and it's like, yeah, you can, you're still terrifying in the ring. Yeah. But, you know, you seem like a really nice guy and a role model and, like... It's nice. I know. know. We all want that Rocky. We all want the Rocky character, but I guess that he's probably few and far between in the real world. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I love Rocky. Such a shame. Do you know what (laughs) other film I love? And I don't think anyone really, I don't think it gets the credit it deserves, or maybe uh, that's just my opinion. You know, Over the Top. I haven't seen that, actually. It's the same guy. It's your man Stallone. Is that the arm wrestling one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe I have seen that a long time ago, yeah. And he flicks his cap, like, when he needs to kind of push it. You know, it's always, you think he's going to lose in the hands, and then he rinses his, turns his cap around, and then when he turns it, it's like turning on a machine. That's what he says. Yeah, and then he's it. like, boom, it's brilliant. Me and my brother used yeah. to watch it religiously in the 80s. This is a big tangent, but talking of arm wrestling, when we're done, I urge you to look up uh, German arm wrestling, German arm wrestler, big arm. Oh. There's this German arm wrestler who, through a genetic anomaly has one giant arm so and it's like it looks photoshopped it's amazing but he's it's legitimate he's been in sort of german adverts and stuff he has one arm and it's like i don't know if you've seen rick and morty um there's an episode of rick and morty he gets like a big giant arm it's like that it looks like someone's just sort of like a mr potato head someone's stuck on this giant arm oh my god it's maybe the best thing you'll see all weekend i'm just just gonna hype it up like that is that fair? Is he allowed to arm wrestle with that arm? Does he do professionally or just does for the crowd? Yeah, he's, prof- he's a professional arm wrestler. Oh my God. But then I suppose, I mean, it seems unfair, but I guess like, you know, Usain Bolt has a natural talent, you know, like I could train forever and I'll never have that natural gift and he's taller and more athletic, you know, or like they say, like, oh, I don't know. That but aren't fighters Michael measured, Fo- like, aren't, aren't you put up against people the same weight as you and the same size as you? Isn't that kind of how it works? Oh, in that case, it's slightly unfair, I suppose, if you are. But I'm sure, I mean, if we're going to base it on over the top, I'm sure Stallone had to arm wrestle some guys who are a lot bigger than him. That's true, yeah, that's true. Okay, well, you've you've done some really good choices for the people on this island. Um, Now, mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Mm. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? So, I mean, it's 
the, do you know what food I hate? Now it's unlikely that it's going to fall out of an airplane, but mm. um, soft poached. Uh, I hate a runny yolk in an egg. It makes me want to gag. Oh really? Okay. But I love hard poached eggs. Oh right. So I'd, I'd say I'm the polar opposite of you, egg wise. Yes. Well, I think most people are, and that's why I I struggle so much. She says <laughs> the struggle, <laughs> the egg struggle in London is real. I spend most of my time sanding back eggs. Now it's not a it's not a massive complaint, but it's a nice <laughs> position to be in to be rocking around sanding back eggs. But I do. London just doesn't list. Like I don't think English people understand. I think they think I don't know what I'm saying when I say <laughs> rock hard eggs. They're just like she's silly. She doesn't understand. And mm. I and when I crack when I put the knife through it and it runs, a I get filled with anger and I want to physically gag and I have to send mm. it back. <laughs> and they just won't give me hard eggs. <laughs> it's disgusting that yellow bile shite that runs over everything and infects all the other food and everything's just yellow and gloopy and. Ugh. But I find it the same with like if a hard yolk still kind of gets everywhere and it's sort of like a paste. I don't know. But... It does. It stays exactly where it's supposed to. <laughs> uh, well, it would more than the yolk, obviously, because it's liquid. So that does make sense. Um, okay, so just so, so runny, runny eggs. Also, I mean, apart from anything, the idea of eating runny eggs on a beach <laughs> is just. I'm, I'm always horrified when I see on beaches like people eating burgers and chips and all. I'm like, I don't know. I'd like, there's certain like t- your temperature. I think. Say, for example, say for the drink bit, right? And I was like, mm. what drink would I hate to drink on an island? Now, I love red wine. Mm. Like, I love it. I wish it was water. Like, I wish that that was what we used to hydrate. But if it was warm in any way, red wine suddenly to me is toxic. Mm. Like, I'd rather drink the belly of Chernobyl than drink red wine <laughs> in the sun. I suppose you've got a sort of... Oh, you mean if the weather's warm in any way? Yeah, imagine sitting oh, on a Hawaiian island because red yeah. wine is usually served kind of room temperature. Yeah, because I was going to say you've got a higher operating window with the temperature of the wine. But you mean, the, yeah, the ambient temperature of the island, yeah. Sometimes I microwave my red wine. Wow. <laughs> I'm quite the sommelier, Dan. I'm quite the sommelier. Sometimes <laughs> I microwave my little red wine. Or so poor man's mulled wine. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'll give it an L blast in the micro if it's a bit cold. How hot do you go? Maybe give it like a minute. That's quite hot. Yeah. <laughs> That's warmer than I... I thought you'd say like 10 seconds or something. No, I'll give it a minute, yeah. Be bubbling wow. a, it'll be bubbling away in there. <laughs> but then it's like, like, like I say, the idea of... My palate, I suppose it's everyone's the same. If mm. depending on how the heat outside, my palate completely changes. So yeah, you're right. Who in their right mind would order runny eggs on a beach? Vile. Yeah. You eat yeah. calippos and you drink rose or like deliciously cold gin and tonics or mm. like some sort of concoction out of a pineapple. Um, they're the things you drink and eat on beaches. But do you know what else I absolutely see? I'm a bit of a pig. There's not a lot I don't eat. Um, mm. But you know what I don't eat? And people just can't understand it. And I don't know why either. I don't like pizza at all. So, oh, really? Yeah. So I'd fe- it just feels completely pointless to me. Like, it doesn't make me gag. But it's just a giant moon-shaped, like, one... It's like just a toast with meat on it. I just don't get it. <laughs> don't get it. So if, me- or so if uh, uh, runny eggs or pizza fell out of the plane, I'd be raging. Okay. And I mean, you know, uh, even if you were in a class on the plane that was you know if you're first class they could probably do you a runny egg but um 
it's still not going to be that great. So, you know, it's, and... I yeah, like airplane having... food. I actually quite like it. I think it's always really exciting. I love the way they give you no choice whatsoever. <laughs> just yeah, like... I quite like that. I, increasingly, I find the amount of choice just exhausting in life. And you're yeah. like, oh, why, why are there 30 types of washing up liquid? Just give me something yeah. green in a bottle. You're on um, a plane, they're like, you're having a ragu. And you're like, I'm a vegetarian. They're like, you're not anymore. And you're like, okay, fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, I just think the idea of, any eggs i mean eggs every day anyway is is isn't pleasant i think and then yeah runny eggs on a beach every day bit gritty and you think oh god there's some shell in it no it's just all the sand i remember again. seeing a, i remember seeing a photo of kerry katona once on a beach and it was obviously set up so i i what the what the celebs do from what i can tell is they put on a, they put on a load of weight then they go out to like benadorm they bring photographers with them they get intentionally photographed looking like shit mm. eating shit on a beach the photos go somewhere then they get a they get a trainer and they release a fitness dvd in time for christmas or whatever right that's what yeah. they do that's like obviously it's kind of like a little money making plan that they have and i remember seeing this photo of carrie katona on a beach and it was nothing to do with her or her body or anything like that. It was nothing to do with that. But she was eating this burger with chips and loads of ketchup and mayonnaise. And I was like, no. Yeah. At least go yeah. into the shade. Like it was in the roasting hot mm. heat of the day. I was like, nah, you need cold shit on the beach, hot shit inside. I mean, come on. You don't have to be Nigella to figure that out. <laughs> that's the basics. That's, yeah. That's the basic. Put it on a tea towel so you don't forget. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So uh, runny eggs on the beach. And then um, are you saying, so for your drink, are you saying sort of uh, red wine? Red red wine. I couldn't drink red wine in the heat. It's and it, Red wine makes me very sleepy. And mm. there'd probably be a lot of work to do on the island. Like, yeah. you know, building yeah. shit. Um, another drink that I, there's a couple of drinks that make me, just you know like smell is one of the strongest triggers of memory so sometimes when I smell a drink it reminds me of a time in my life so I can't stand the smell of aftershock oh god yeah yeah because it just reminds me of obviously being on nights out when you're young and drinking yourself into like oblivion and mm. the smell of it and like every, it's spilt everywhere because everyone's just pissed out of their face and it's you wake up and it's on your clothes and yeah I occasionally, sometimes if I have mouthwash, I'm, I get a little gag and I'm like, why is yeah. that? And I'm like, oh, because it's like the memories of aftershock. My body doesn't know the difference anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else? Oh, was this? Oh, yeah. When I was in, I went, I worked in Spain. I worked in Fangarola for um, like three months. You know, I did like a summer season there. I worked for Lineker's pub. Just like flyering and getting people in. And mm. we, all we did was drink vodka Diet Coke, vodka Diet Coke. And it was just the smell. Like if I smell a vodka Diet Coke now, I could probably, it's probably so long now. It's about 10 years. I could maybe stomach if someone was like, if it was all there was, if I went back to someone's house and like, all I have is vodka Diet Coke, I'd probably do it. But that's a recent development. Again, mm. we drank it every day for three months. Oh man. And the smell, and it was yeah. really cheap Coke. It was called like Revoltas. I think it was actually called Revoltas. Uh-huh. And it was always, the ice was, it was so hot and it was always kind of warm and, ugh. Oh man, that's horrendous. Yeah, again, nothing, something you don't want to drink warm as well, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah, bad, bad diet Coke and, yeah. and vodka and cheap vodka as well, which is, yeah. 
disgusting. I think it was like a skull and bones on the front of it. No, it was just vile. I mean, all the signs were there, weren't there? For you, you know, revolt, revoltas, coke and As skull a 21 year old, vodka. You're illiterate to signs. You can't read signs. Yeah. You're like, how can enough. I get pissed for a fiver? That's literally your only concern. Yeah, I remember with Aftershock, we used to get, because there was a red and a blue, which was sort of, one was a bit hotter, one was a bit cooler. Like, one was more menthol, one was more cinnamon. Mm. And we used to do purple Aftershock, so you'd have to have a double shot and mix the Uh! two. And I remember there used to be things that, for some reason, some twat had decided that when you did a purple Aftershock, you had to, like, you had to do it and then hold it in your mouth for 30 seconds first. And then, like, it was just, how many fucking stepping stones? Can I not just... You know, if you're on like a stag or a hen do and like, they're like, no, you've all got to drink this all day and you've got to drink it in this specific way. And you're like, look, guys, I'm absolutely up for getting shit faced. Yeah. But can I just do it with nice drinks? I'm yeah, still going to yeah, end yeah. up being sick at the end of it. But can I have a gin and tonic or something, please? Like, can I get to the same destination in a slightly different route? You know, I know. And also, I suppose when you're older, when you're younger, you go out with the aim to get pissed like that's why you go out mm. whereas now you're like oh actually I don't want to get pissed because I'll be like I'll feel shit and like, but I shots I don't I wouldn't uh, like I just wouldn't be into shots now mm. at all I mean if the objective of the drink is to get rid of it as fast as possible it's probably not that nice I can right? drink wine like a shot like I'm grand like I still mm. can drink with speed <laughs> <laughs> down and one <laughs> well, we have a particularly disgusting menu then for you on the island, so that's good. Now, Joanne, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? My least favourite song is Are We Human or Are We Dancer? Oh, yeah, The Killers, yeah. I absolutely hate it. Like, mm. I... I just, I, I just, I just hate it. I don't know why. I just hate it. It doesn't make sense. And the lyrics are shit. I hate the tune. Hate it. Don't really like the killers. I yeah. I'm not a big fan. And um, I work at a radio station where they play that sort of thing quite a lot. So I mean, the only good thing about it is I've now heard it so many times that the sort of the cycle it goes. You hate a song. You hear it every, in your every waking moment, or you wake up and it just pops into your your head. Then you've heard it so many times, you know the words, even though you hate it. Mm. And eventually, like sort of Stockholm Syndrome, you don't like it, but you just don't even hear it anymore. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like telegraph poles. You don't really notice them because they're just there all the time. So yeah. I've kind of got to that state of acceptance, I suppose. But yeah. They overplay, like people just, over stations and stuff, they overplay songs to the point where you just can't bear to hear them anymore. Mm. Which is unfair to the um, band, actually. Like, I mean, if I'd heard it once or twice in my life, it probably wouldn't offend me as much. Yeah. There's something really, I think the lyrics really piss me off. Are we human or are we dancer? It just, to me, doesn't make any sense. It just pisses me off. And it's ridiculous. What are you you, you on about? What are you asking for? Robots? We're not robots. Not that all lyrics make sense. It just riles me, that song. Well, the other thing is I've complained about it in the past and I've had people go, actually, no, it refers to this poem by this famous poet. And, and then so then it's, it's it's even worse than the lyrics not making sense on the face of it. Then you've got some twat giving you a lesson about like, oh, well, actually, it's by this poet. And you go, oh, just fuck off. Well, like, then it's still that's, a bad lyric. that's the killers being facetious as well, I think. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's that sort of, yeah, I, I, people get really excited by the killers, don't they? Like... 
like Mr. Brightside, it's just sort of like, oh, suddenly the pubs, everyone's dancing, spilling their drinks and we're going to live forever. And yeah, I just, I don't like that. There was another song that um, the clubs used to all play, not all the clubs, but like clubs that I went to in Dublin when I was a kid. Um, They'd finish the night with them. And I would walk 500 oh, yeah, miles. Yeah. And again, that's not really a, a big fave of mine as a result. It's all overexposure. That's what these mm. things are. Overexposure. Yeah, yeah. They play that one in Australia a lot, I remember, like from being about 18 in Australia and like pubs always closing with the proclaimers. I don't know. Um, they played that yeah. at home and then the national anthem and then we were all kicked out. The national anthem? In Ireland, they played the national anthem, yeah. And then they start, and then they set off the alarm so that everyone leaves. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Because normally if you hear the national anthem and an alarm together, it's, it means like, that's it, the bomb's coming yeah, or something. Yeah, it's a terrorist <laughs> attack. They're not the proper, like, not like proper, like, techno clubs. They weren't going to, like, round the night off with the national anthem. <laughs> I mean, you know, the cheesy clubs that you yeah, went to, yeah, like, yeah. that we would have gone to when we were, like, 16, 17, before yeah. we got a bit cool, you know. Do they still do that, do you think? I don't know, because I haven't been into them in so long. Yeah. I definitely, I'm telling you now, there's definitely places still down the country that would finish the night with the national anthem. I've no doubt about it. Wow. I know. That's amazing. Wow. I really, I want to find out if we have listeners who can let us know on social media. I'm very curious to find out. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the killers, I feel like they are, it's this sort of new era, well, not new era anymore, but um, I'm old. So it feels like, it's like clean rock and roll. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, hey, we're a rock band, but I'm a Mormon and I've got five kids and I don't drink. And it's yeah. like, yeah, that's all fair enough. But I want to... Okay, I get that Dave Grohl's a really nice guy, but you still feel like the Foo Fighters have a bit of energy or something. Yeah. There's so many bands where you're like, oh, what do you, how do you relax after a gig? It's like, well, you know, I'm reading this at the minute. Like, I don't care. No, like trash the hotel room. Yeah, I know. We you want know, the Where's your leather boys. jacket? We want the bad boys. But like that kind of whole genre, like I would consider like Kings of Leon... Um, killers, um, Arctic monkeys. Who? There's another. There's another kind of like, not Mumford and Sons. Well, maybe Mumford and Sons. That I couldn't tell them apart. I honestly couldn't tell them apart. Now mm. Mumford and Sons, I could. They have a more distinctive sound. Um, I really. I used to love. Do you know what I used to love? And they, I went to see them in Dublin, Kasabian. But anyway, mm. now obviously you can't like them anymore. It turns out your yeah. man's deranged. Yeah. But I loved Kasabian. I loved ACDC. I used to when I was in Australia doing shows. I walked out um, to Thunderstruck, but I could only play, like, if you play more than four minutes or something, you have to pay royalties or something mad like that. It does have a long intro as well. It does have a long intro, but I was like, as if ACDC needs royalties from me, what? <laughs> come on, like, I'm doing the Adelaide Fringe. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not prepared to pay royalties to them, so I do a very short intro. But I remember Fair I went enough. to see, I used to work in um, music PR before I got into comedy, and... Uh, I went to see them we were looking they were playing in this kind of big outdoor event in Ireland and I'd never seen them live and I was looking after the photographers so I was up in the pit so it was like it was their train tour so there was this huge big train coming out of the wall and everything so I was up really really close and it blew my mind and ever, ever since then I've been a big ACDC fan yeah no I've seen them and it was brilliant it's exactly what you want a rock show to be you know like just stupid inflatables coming out of the stage and Angus Young on like a revolving stage in the middle with loads of confetti cannons going off and stuff. It was great. That's what I want. But yeah, it feels like everything's a bit more sanitized. Like even Kings of Leon, when they came out, they were like, 
they were like, like hillbillies. You couldn't understand a word they said. And then suddenly, with Sex on Fire, you're like, who are these good-looking young men in their matching jackets? And like, what what happened to you guys? And yeah. Like, fair enough, if I was them and someone went, do you know what? If you shaved, we could really make a lot more money. And yeah, like, showbiz. Yeah. yeah, who cares? Why not? But... It does. Sort of, it is lacking, but yeah, I think the killers are sort of the worst of it because they're the the shiniest, aren't they? I don't know. Of... I honestly couldn't tell. Like, it's so hard. And I'm not. I'm not a big muso. Like, I'm not a big muso. Um, but I do find that whole group. There was there was a kind of an onslaught of bearded men in a lot of black with those kind of like trilby hats. Mm. Um, I find it very difficult to tell any of them apart. Yeah. I was at a wedding once and um, the uh, DJ was struggling to get people to dance. And he was one of those DJs that had a microphone as well. And uh, at one point, because he thought, it was like, oh, I'm losing the crowd. I know, I'll put on Mr. Brightside. And he got on the mic and went, ladies and gentlemen, the killers. And I was like, they're not here. Like, people looked oh, around. Oh, so like, funny. It's, you know, we're at a golf club. He's not going to be here, you know. But, uh, you know, nice try. Great tip. If I'm dying on stage, I'll I'll do the same. Yeah, just go the killers and then run away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And then people get angry for them not turning up. It will distract everyone. It's a good plan. Um, what would your film choice be? I actually didn't know I had to choose a film. So oh, if I'm right. thinking on the spot, I'd probably go... See, if I don't like a film, I just turn over. Mm. Do you know what film I don't like? And Because it, it freaked me out and I would get no pleasure out of watching it. Is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Which one? The original? The original. Mm-hmm. It gave me nightmares for years as a kid oh really yeah well, i mean he's a freaky character it's fr- the whole thing is freaky like the kid going up the chocolate pipe um your one blowing up like a balloon it's terrifying we had in uh, where i'm from in dublin there's these um things called the rainbow rapids mm-hmm. where there it's a water park but like it's not it's i don't know how you'd explain the rainbow rapids i mean a park a water park is 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 a gross exaggeration. It's a couple of tube slides going into a rock pool in the sea. <laughs> but the tube slides, it's like, you know, they're covered slides. Mm. And I think, I mean, the place has been shut down. Now it's like just this kind of creepy, it's like going into the Titanic. You know, you can, you see videos of the slides. It's all like underwater now. And they're trying to turn it into, I think, some sort of like museum or something. But the place was, it was the 80s. So like there was, thumbs stuck to the last property board like there was no health and safety in the place at all and uh, the queue to get up to the top of the slide took ages and it was really narrow and my dad was was really really wanted me to do it he thought this would be because I didn't want to do it and he was like this is something you need to do to kind of like grow as a human <laughs> got all the way to the top and screamed because all I could think about was that child who went up the pipe so yeah. I, I obviously had a touch of claustrophobia or something. I don't know. So it ruined the Rainbow Rapids for me. Then I used to dream. I don't know why. I have this thing, which it, it, I, it is a thing. Some people think it's not a thing called triphobia, where it's like this weird no, nausea around things growing out of organisms. So like, do you know this? I think, is it? I, it's a I fear, remember someone's... It's, it's, a, it's a phobia of patterns, but like only certain patterns. Because yeah, I, I I remember a colleague seeing getting very upset once because they had a, a red pepper and inside it had like a little red pepper growing out of it and that really freaked her out. Is it that sort of thing? No, really. it's more like loads of holes in a row. It's hard to oh, explain. Oh yes, yes, uh, 
That's what, yeah, I've heard of that one. So I think, are you, so I think the cause of it is that it's, a lot of people have it. It's because, you know, back in hunter-gatherer days, it, to keep us away from poisonous things, things um. that could harm us, things we shouldn't eat, that it would trigger some sort of nausea in us. And some of us just still have it, I guess. Still have it. But I don't know. Yeah. We're obviously the Neanderthals of the human race that still have it. <laughs> but there was something in um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that, freaked me out it's well. like there was something to do with that and then I was used to dream about that girl who blew up to be the bluebell and she mm. was like popping um holes out of her and everything oh it was just awful a friend of mine has triphobia as well and she used to dream that she there was kidney beans bursting out of her skin it's all this wow I know <laughs> so I've been doing a lot of gagging on this podcast um so that that's a film that really freaked me out and I yeah. got no plan and it's I think it's creepy as fuck it is and there's also I noticed last time I watched it god knows how long ago that was there's you know certain films when they were they had like different value systems like so there's a bit where you know Charlie he uses his like birthday for his birthday he gets like a chocolate bar to win the golden ticket and he doesn't and then his grandpa goes hey look I've saved my money and I've bought you a chocolate bar and instead of going, oh, isn't that nice? Because you're a poor family. Let's, you know, spend it on the child so he has a vaguely normal upbringing. The, the, the mother turns around and goes, oh, grandpa, you shouldn't have. That money was for your tobacco. And it's like, How do you remember, like, quotes from us? I just remember, it's the only bit I really, like, really stuck with me. I was like, don't spend your money on chocolate for the boy. You're supposed to be smoking, grandpa. Different times, Dan, different bed. times. It's your only pleasure is smoking in bed with the other four, or the other three grandparents. Doesn't and I sound like a that bad was amazing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I like it. But I mean, you know, his sacrifice got Charlie into the factory. But I, he is a weird character. I mean, he's the last person you'd want your kid hanging out with. And if he said, "Now I'm going to give you the whole factory," like this is like it's the alarm bells. It's too Michael Jackson, isn't it? It's yeah, like... there's a, it's a little suspect. And licking the remember him licking the walls and the walls tasted of things. And mm. I don't know. It was just it was one of those movies where it's aimed at kids but it tormented me for years. I remember running out of the house and everything. I remember my mum had to come and get me. I was down the end of the garden crying. But I I think when we were young, there was... Stuff was just a bit weirder for kids, wasn't it? There's some, like, mad stuff going on. And now it's like, there's... You know, my son watches some crazy shit as well. Like, there's this thing on Netflix where all the characters are, are... bread or cakes like and they run a barber shop so there's a loaf of there's like a slice of toast and he's he's a barber and like that's fucking mad but i mean it's not scary it's yeah. just weird you know it's just how makes do you adults confused. come up with this stuff they must be all on acid they must go do acid at the weekends and do brainstorms they must i think so or like my my a colleague of mine who's convinced it's just there's some kind of huge Google algorithm and they just plug in loads of ideas and it spits out shit and they're like, yeah, fine, that'll do. Like, toast barbershop. Why not? You know, but it's not chilling. That's the main thing. When I was a kid, I remember there was a show, it was Australian or New Zealand, Australian, called Around the Twist. Yes. Do you remember it? Mm. And he lived in a lighthouse and there was all this weird stuff happening. And again, one of the episodes that stuck out for me so much was one girl and under her clothes, she had she, she was covered in fingernails. Oh, that is weird. Ooh. Again, the triphobia kicked in. I was like, oh God, this is all... And I think the end of it was she was turning into a mermaid, but she was covered in fingernails. 
fingernails oh, all over her that's body. That's not what mermaids are made of. I know, yeah. Oh, that's true, man. actually. Maybe I'm confusing two episodes. Yeah, because it wasn't scales, it was fingernails. Oh, like the mermaid that no little girl wanted to be friends with. Yeah. No one wanted that little mermaid toy, the fingernail one. Disgusting. <laughs> with a bad aerial. Yeah. Great okay. show, though. Like, again, it was a great show. It was better than Pugwall. At least there was decent stuff happening. Oh, Pugwall was dreadful, wasn't it? Yeah, that was really bad. <laughs> I fancied him. He was my first, like, um, imaginary boyfriend. As in, like, uh, sorry, my first relationship where he didn't know he was in one with me. I had several of them, but he was my first. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, well, good choices again. Very strong. Now, uh, Joanne, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? Oh, my God. Oh, well, bats are very unpopular at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe bats. I, would, yeah. I, I don't really mind rats, to be honest. No, I haven't got a problem with them too much. No, I think they can, in the right light, they can look quite sweet. Mm. Um. Yeah, I would say bats because you don't know when they're going to come and they kind of like come down and they kind of, they hang upside down. Have you ever seen a bat's face up close? I saw footage somewhere recently of like this huge bat. Like he was the size of an eight-year-old boy with a huge wingspan and all. Like there's something weird going on. I think bats, they're planning some sort of takeover. Mm. It doesn't make sense as well. Like, upside, how how did you decide on upside down sleeping? How exactly. does that make sense? How, how, do you, how do you not pass out? How, why aren't you fainting? They're very ugly. They're all leathery looking. They make weird noises. I don't know. They seem to be trying to eradicate the human race. They're the biggest dick of the animal planet, if you ask me. I was uh, in Australia once and this friend of mine, uh, in someone's garden, and there was this huge fruit bat hanging upside down because they're quite common there. Like in places like Sydney, you get loads. Like every night you see them across the sky. There's this huge like migration at night, like thousands of them. And it's really, it reminds me, there's a bit in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom where that happens. So it always reminds me of that. But anyway, he was in this garden and there's this bat hanging off the tree. So he goes to take a picture of it because, you know, we're from England. This is unusual. Yeah. And the flash startled the bat and it ah! jumped It jumped on him. And he was only wearing shorts. He had no top on. So it was just, he had this funny photo of this huge fruit bat sort of hanging off his leg. But then, you know, obviously everyone's taking more pictures of it. And it gets stressed out, so it's trying to like climb up him. And he's like, "How do I get this bat? Oh, like, what do I even do with it? It's not like you can't I'd be sort freaked. of freaked with a bird. You could kind of shoe it, and it will flap off. But it's kind of you know because it's a mammal. It's like a, it's like a big. It's almost it's like, like a, a dog. flying rodent. Yeah, it's like how do I shake this thing off? It's like a dog. When we were in, um, again, I when I I was in Australia for work last year. Jeez, it feels like twenty years ago now. And uh, what are those little animals? You might know them. I'll, maybe I'll Google it. Where they have the little tiny eyes and there's loads of them in Australia. Possums? Possums! Boom. Jesus, Dan, you know everything. So this lad that I've been gigging with told me that the night before he was standing in like a park in Adelaide and this possum thought he was a tree and ran <laughs> ran towards him at great speed because he's obviously running away from something and climbed up him and like latched onto his face. Oh, no. I know. And that if they do that, that means you're their mother and you have to stay with them forever. To breastfeed them then for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well with bats as well, they're only going to come out at night. So it's going to be when, you know, like in the daytime. In the, Where are the they island. during the day? Upside down somewhere, I guess. I don't know. But you're going to be, in, you know, on the island sometimes. You're like, oh, it's not so bad. You know, sunshine, waves lapping at the beach. But at night, that's when all everything's going to get a bit dark and you're hungry and you're missing home. And that's that's when the animal comes out, isn't it? So. I feel like they're growing in size. I feel like they have an agenda. 
And I just mm. don't want to be a part of it. Fair enough. And I, yeah, I mean, also, I mean, they're just synonymous with sort of bad vibes, aren't they? With like vampires and things like that. So, and they're very fast as well. Like they'll come very close to you and then just, just miss you. So I think, yeah. I'd love yeah. a sloth. Okay, they've been picked before uh, um, fairly recently as like the worst animal. So what? Uh, I'm glad we're covering all bases here. How is a sloth? A sloth is like a, the care bear of the animal world. Mm. They're so cute and slow and like lazy. And I, I sometimes if I'm trying to sleep, I'll watch videos of baby sloths getting fed. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. No, well, I like to have some vague balance on this podcast. So, you know, this is sort of undone. Some of the work. I think it was Jenny Ryan put sloths on. So um, no, I would yeah, defend. You'll, you'll I would defend. I would defend sloths. Yeah, I look like okay. my dream would be to be on an island with like sloths, pugs, um, anything that looks that has that kind of incest face. You know that like really like <laughs> packed in on itself face. I love that. <laughs> incest face is quite accurate yeah. <laughs> you know nice. that they've been in triple bread and they can't breathe but they're still amazingly cute <laughs> fair enough brilliant well Joanne I think you've picked uh, a, a lovely range of awful creatures and people and things for your island so it's a thoroughly inhospitable place and the job is done so thank you very much for coming on today um, where can we see or hear more from you well, so I'm on my way back to Ireland now to do a little mini tour over there as much as I can because um, I'm, you know, with the restrictions and stuff and I'll be back gigging in London from mid-December. Lovely. Brilliant. So we'll keep Joanne Mc- up Sorry, Joanne McNally Comedy on Instagram and I have a website, joannemcnally.com, which I, someone updates sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you again for coming on Desert Island Dicks today. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. 